tonight, we're going to be in John chapter 3. If you were with us last week, we're in John chapter 2. So just a couple of pages over, we're going to be in John chapter 3 tonight. Uh, turn in your Bibles there, John chapter 3. Tonight, we're going to be looking at a passage that I'm pretty sure all of you are probably familiar with. Um, it, John chapter 3 kind of has one of the most popular Bible verses in the entire world. It's a Bible verse that uh, just about, I would assume, every Christian knows. And honestly, a lot of non-Christians would know this Bible verse as well. But you know it. Let's say it together. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. So tonight what we're going to do is we're going to look at John 3.16 and we're going to look at John 3 as a whole and look at the context of John 3.16 and we're going to dive into the very foundations of our Christian faith. Uh, the, this idea that Jesus came to save us. Jesus came for us. Jesus came to save us, that whoever believes in him would have eternal life and spend it with him in heaven. We're going to look at the very foundations of our faith tonight. John chapter 3, again, we're going to be reading uh, a couple of verses. So we're going to start off in verse 1. Y'all follow along with me. John chapter 3, uh, verse 1 through 18. It says, Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing uh, if God were not with him. And Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are, when they are already old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. And Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, You must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and do you not understand these things? Very truly I tell you, we speak of what we know, and we testify to what we have seen. But still you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? Verse 13, if you're still following along, verse 13. No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. Here you go, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. That is John chapter 3, verses 1 through 18. So tonight, uh, as we follow the life of Jesus each week, we're kind of fully into his years of ministry to the people of Israel. And he's as he's going about teaching, as he's going about ministering to the people, uh, a lot of people are coming to him and putting their faith in Jesus. Uh, but there is also this group uh, that doesn't like what Jesus has to say. And you probably know who they are. They're the Pharisees. 
Uh, and who are the Pharisees? They're the group of religious leaders in Israel. They are like the guys, the leaders of the Jewish faith uh, for the uh, for the country of Israel. Um, and they didn't like what Jesus had to say. These were the guys, they were in charge. They were the ones that got to tell people what God wanted them to do. They were kind of the ones that were supposed to be talking directly to God. But now you have Jesus, who's God himself, God's own son, comes and starts telling people uh, some different stuff, saying this is what God wants you to do. And the Pharisees, they didn't like that because they were the guys in charge and they were losing their status very, very quickly uh, as being the ones that were uh, in touch with God. Uh, but not all of the Pharisees actually hated Jesus, uh, like we see uh, later on as, as Jesus is being crucified. Not all of the Pharisees hated Jesus. And one in particular, this guy Nicodemus in our passage that we just read, um, he had questions. He wanted to know more about who Jesus was and what kind of stuff that he was teaching. So he wanted to know more about it. So he, what did he do? He came to Jesus. And our passage says he came to Jesus at night so other people couldn't see him. He had questions. He wanted to know what Jesus was always talking about, but he didn't want others to know that he had questions. He didn't want others to know that he was going to Jesus. Uh, and so he went to Jesus and began asking him some of these questions, and Jesus answered him. Even a man uh, who who wasn't uh, who was afraid of what other people thought of him and wasn't fully following after God the way that he was supposed to as a leader in the Jewish faith. He came to Jesus and asked Jesus these questions. What are you talking about? And Jesus brought him in to teach him a deeper understanding uh, of the of what salvation was, what the kingdom of God actually looked like. Uh, and so if you're taking notes, the first thing I want you to write down uh, in your notes tonight, the first thing that we need to lock in, again, this tonight, the foundation of our faith, who we are as Christians, something you have to lock in. Salvation only comes from Jesus. I'll say that again. Salvation only comes from Jesus. You know, Jesus tells Nicodemus, uh, Nicodemus that no one will see the uh, the kingdom of God uh, without being born again. And as he explains it to him, uh, he's telling him, "I'm not talking about a physical rebirth. You, your mom can't give birth to you twice. That's weird. But what he's talking about is a spiritual rebirth. Uh, a spiritual rebirth." Uh, there's only one way to be reborn in this life, and that is to put your faith in Jesus. Salvation only comes from Jesus. Um, look at our very foundational verse. We read it from the very beginning, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent Jesus to earth for one reason above all of the rest out of all the things that Jesus would do on this earth there's one thing that took precedence one thing that took priority over all of it is that whoever believed in him would then spend eternity with God Jesus came to save us Jesus came to make it possible uh, for us to spend eternity with God by taking our sins upon himself and dying on the cross uh, and then rising again so that death had no hold over us that didn't have any hold uh, over Jesus or the kingdom of God anymore. But salvation comes from Jesus and Jesus is alone. Uh, his salvation, his, his death, his resurrection, it comes through Jesus alone. It doesn't come through our works. It doesn't come through our good deeds. Um, something really important, our salvation does not come through our parents' faith. I want you to write that down because that, that hits hard. If your salvation doesn't come through your parents being Christians, 
Uh, it doesn't come through anything else other than us personally making that decision to follow after Jesus and trust him with our life. Um, look uh, in the very next chapter in your or not chapter in the very next book in your Bible, Acts. So you got Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, where we're tonight, where we're at tonight. The very next book in the Bible, Acts, Acts chapter four. Uh, Peter is talking to the people and he tells them in verse twelve, Acts four, verse twelve, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Jesus is the only way to find God's salvation. Salvation comes only through Jesus. So the second thing we need to look at tonight, if salvation only comes through Jesus, then what? The second thing we need to know is that when we accept Jesus, life change happens. When we accept Jesus, life change happens. Life change happens. Look at the illustra illustration in our passage now as Jesus is talking to Nicodemus in verse 8. What does he, what does he talk about? He talks about the wind. Look at this, uh, this illustration about the wind. Uh, he says, you can't see the wind, but you know what the wind is. You can see the effects of the wind. You can see, you can't see the air physically blowing around you, but you can see objects. You can see trees and buildings. You can see things move around as an effect of the wind. You can see a tree moving because the wind is moving through it. Even though you can't see the wind, you know it exists because of how it affects other things that are going on. Um, this is the same idea of what happens in our lives after we accept Jesus, or at least it should be the effect of what happens after we choose Jesus. Uh, I mean, you don't get a sticker or a really cool t-shirt that says legacy students. I'm a Christian now. Look at me. I mean, you could, you could buy a t-shirt that says that, but that's kind of not necessarily the point. Uh, but what defines you as a Christian, what defines you as a Jesus follower, uh, is that others should see a change in the way that you live your life. We should see life change after you accept Jesus. You know, when we accept Jesus and the Spirit of God uh, enters our life, we should look different. We should look different in the way, uh, in our hearts, in, in our minds. Uh, it should affect the way uh, that we do things. It should affect the way that we treat other people. Love your neighbor as yourself. It should affect the way that you act in life. And just like the wind is kind of this invisible thing uh, that move, can move through a tree and you see the branches move in all different ways and you know that the wind is real, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God moves in you, that moves through you, and it causes you to move closer to the will of God. It causes you to follow after God's will for your life. The Spirit of God's an invisible thing. It's hard to see it. It's an invisible thing, but when you accept Christ and the Spirit of God is in you, it causes you to move closer to God, and others should see that change in your life. Um, when you accept Jesus, your life should look different than it did before. It shouldn't look the same as it did yesterday. When you accept Christ, you should look and act differently because you're following after the will of God. So the last thing I see tonight the last thing uh, to write down is that Jesus doesn't condemn us. He saves us. Jesus doesn't condemn us. He saves us. I'm going to say that again because 
sometimes that's a hard thing to wrap our minds around. Jesus doesn't condemn us. He saves us. You know, Jesus, as Nicodemus comes to him, Jesus could have easily just said, Nicodemus, get lost, man. You're a you're a bad dude. You know, remember, remember he wasn't the most faithful leader. He was supposed to be pointing people to God. Uh, and the Pharisees did a fairly poor job of that. And he could have looked at him and said, you know what? Uh, I know you're coming to me asking these questions, but you're coming in the dark of night. You don't want people to know that you're asking me questions. Uh, and here's all the reasons that you're not really worthy and you don't really deserve God's love. And that's not what he does. He brings him in and uses that as a moment to teach or teach us. He doesn't condemn Nicodemus. He brings him in and tries to uh, share the love of God with him in that moment. He tells him in uh, verse 17, look back at John 3 verse 17, that God didn't send Jesus into our world to condemn it. No, he sent Jesus to the earth so that he could save the world through Jesus. So Jesus doesn't condemn us. He saves us. He came, literally, he came to earth to save the world. Jesus didn't come to run you down in the mud. He didn't come uh, to throw you down and tell you, uh, like, you're a terrible person. You don't get it. You've never followed after me. You haven't done the right thing. Like, that's not what he does. No, he he brings us in. He, he treats us with goodness and mercy. And man, thank goodness. Thank goodness he, he doesn't do that because none of us, could live up or measure up to the amount of grace that he pours into our lives. Amen. Like we could never measure up. And so I'm so thankful that God uh, doesn't see our list of all the reasons that we don't deserve salvation. He sees whether or not we have trusted and followed after Jesus. Uh, Jesus came to save us. He came to bring us life. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he sent Jesus, so that anyone and everyone that believes in Jesus can find life and spend eternity in heaven with God. Eternal life, eternal joy, eternal bliss, all of these things, spending eternity with God is a possibility because Jesus came. And so tonight, um, I, I kind of, the reason we didn't do music tonight is I kind of wanted to carve out some time and give you all an opportunity uh, online tonight to really kind of examine where you're at in life. Again, this is like straight up foundations of Christianity. This is the gospel right here. John three sixteen, John three seventeen. God didn't condemn the world. He sent Jesus to save the world through him. Uh, and so I want to give you all an opportunity tonight and with our time that we have left to really examine your heart, uh, really consider where you stand with God? Where do you stand with Jesus? Have you accepted Jesus' salvation? Do you really know Jesus as your personal Savior? Have you play, placed your faith and your trust and your life in the hands of Jesus? Man, if you've never done that before, if you have never accepted the salvation of Jesus, if you've never made that decision, I pray that tonight would be the night that you would do that. That through our conversation tonight, you would realize that Jesus loves you deeper and better than anything or anyone in this world could ever love you. He came to die and beat and conquer death just for you, just for me, just for us. He loves you so incredibly much. And so tonight, if you've never placed your faith in Christ, I want to give you an opportunity to do that here in just a moment. 
I really hope you'll do that. I know I've said it on here before, and I will say it again week after week, that trusting Jesus, following after Jesus, is the best decision that you will ever make in your entire life. And then I, I know at the same time, maybe some of us, we've accepted Jesus, uh, but we kind of fall in the camp of we're not really following Jesus the way that we're supposed to. Um, we're not really chasing after Jesus's will for our life. We put our faith and we put our trust in him. We've accepted his salvation, but we haven't followed him as closely as Jesus would want us to. And so my prayer for you tonight uh, is that, again, you would examine where you stand with Jesus. You would, ex you would examine and really think of where you stand with God and your relationship with Jesus. And I pray that tonight you would repurpose your life, that you would refocus your heart on the will of God for your life and that you would refocus and repurpose yourself to follow after Jesus and leave everything else uh, off to the side and keep your eyes and your mind focused on him. And so tonight, I, I said a second ago, I want to give an opportunity if you've never accepted Christ. I want to pray right now for you. And if you've never accepted Christ before, if you've never made that decision, if you're unsure, if you're not sure if you've ever made that decision, I want you to repeat this prayer after me to yourself, wherever you're at right now, tonight online. I want you to repeat this prayer that we're going to pray right now. And I want you to really examine your heart if you need to make this make this statement, if you need to trust Jesus. I pray and I really hope that you do it tonight. So I'm going to pray for us right now. And uh, again, if you've never made that decision to follow Christ, or you're not sure if you've ever made that decision, I want you to repeat this prayer after me, okay? Y'all stay with me. Repeat after me. Dear God, I know that I am a sinner, and I know that I have fallen short on your will for my life. Jesus, I know that my salvation is through you only. And I know that I have to put my trust in you to ever experience what real life is. Jesus, forgive me of my sins tonight. Jesus, take over my will and my life tonight. Jesus, be my God and be my Savior from right now until eternity. And give me the strength and encouragement I need to follow after your commands. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. Thank you, Jesus, for raising back from the dead. Thank you for conquering my death, for conquering my sin. And thank you, God, for giving me an opportunity to accept your salvation and spend eternity with you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Y'all, if you've never prayed that prayer tonight and you prayed that just now, I want you to reach out to me, reach out to one of your leaders. Uh, not, not so we can put you on blast or anything like that, but we want to celebrate with you. If you've never prayed that prayer and tonight was the first time you chose to follow after Jesus... I want to know about it so I can rejoice with you, so I can give you a big old mask-covered hug or a high-five or whatever 
Uh, but we want to celebrate with you in that. If you made that decision for the first time tonight, we want to celebrate you and celebrate with you. Because guess what? You just did the coolest thing and the best thing that you could ever possibly do by trusting after Jesus. So reach out to one of us, one of your leaders. Reach out to me. Tell your mom and dad because they'll be super stoked as well. Like Let them know. And y'all reach out to us because, again, we want to celebrate that with you. If you're on this other camp, where you are, you've put your faith in Christ. You've you followed after Jesus, but you're not you're not following after His will as much as you should. Or maybe you've kind of drifted away, and and tonight's the night that you need to refocus your heart and kind of refocus on God's plan for your life. I want to say a prayer for you as well. Um, just take a moment to refocus your heart and tell Jesus you're ready. You're ready to take that next step. You're ready to follow after him wherever he's leading you. So I want to pray for you tonight as well. Let's pray. God, we come before you. Um, God, we all fall short. Most days, if not all days, we all fall short. I mean, God, your word tells us that all have fallen short of the glory of God. We've, we've all missed the mark. God, that's why you sent Jesus to save us, so that we could follow after him. We can learn more about your will, and that we can spend eternity with you, God. I pray for the students or families that are watching tonight, and maybe they're struggling, God. Maybe maybe they've put their faith in you tonight, I and mean, they're just they're not following after you, God. Or, or they've put other things in your place. They've made other things the priority. They've focused on on the wrong things and not on your will, God, or your plan for our lives. God, I pray in this moment right now that you would speak to them. God, that you would assure them of your presence in their heart right now, God. Assure them of their salvation, God, and repurpose them, God. Relight the fire in their spirit to follow after you with everything that they have, God. And God, I also ask for wisdom and for strength and encouragement to do that, God. God, we know it's not an easy thing to follow after you. But God, the great thing about it is you didn't only just save us, God. You gave us the strength and encouragement and the wisdom that we need to follow after you in every situation, God. So I pray that you would bless those students, those families with that ability to follow after you and be excited about following after you, God. God, I also just pray if anyone tonight is still wrestling with that decision, maybe they, they're not sure that they're ready to put their faith fully in you or uh, they know they're not following after you, but it's not a big deal right now. God, I pray uh, that you would continue to work in their heart. I pray that you would continue to love on them and you would continue to remind them of how incredible your grace is and how good you are to each and every single one of us, God. God, thank you for this time tonight. God, thank you for these students. God, thank you for these families. Um, just how incredible each and every one of them are, God. God, I pray for health. I pray for safety. And I pray for more opportunities in the very near future that we can see each other face to face again. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.